Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Friday, January 5th. We are entering the first weekend of January, the first weekend of 2024, I should say. How are we going? How are we getting into it? You know, I'm doing a dry January over here. So I think my weekend will be very, very relaxing. We have uh, some family things going on, some kids, uh, sports, et cetera. And then um, I think I'm just going to be chilling, cleaning, reading, all of that. I see in the comments over on YouTube, welcome everyone. I see lots of people talking about an earthquake that just happened here in Los Angeles. You know, I didn't feel it. It was 4.4 outside of, um, where was it? One of you guys uh, wrote it, San Bernardino area, which is really not that far. Um, On January 1st, there was a four point something as well outside of uh, Palos Verdes, like Rancho Palos Verdes, which is also like a couple, an hour or so away. And I felt that one. Um, I don't know if it was just because I was walking around or doing something, but I didn't feel this one. I am not an earthquake fan, although I was here in Los Angeles, you know, born and raised here. So I was here for the big one in 94, the Northridge earthquake. This could be triggering for a lot of you guys to talk about. It's definitely anxiety provoking for me to talk about earthquakes. So let's keep it light. Let's keep it light and tight today. Light and tight. Um, I want to definitely uh, thank you all for the kind messages and DMs. You guys are very intuitive. Just to tell you that, you're very intuitive about if I'm off a little bit. I'm trying so hard to just be here and be myself. And I am grateful for a one hour of daily dose every day that I can, um, you know, compartmentalize just like pop culture and reality TV because it's a good escape from like real life stuff. Um, But today there will be a Patreon episode. You're going to get two in the next few days because you'll get one from me today, more of a personal update and then some more stuff, just like fun things to chat about. And then um, over the weekend, I believe on Sunday, you're going to get episode, I think it's five of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills season one. And that's my rewatch with Zach Peter I'm looking forward to it because episode five is the famous iconic line. You're such an effing liar, Camille. You're such an effing liar, Camille from Kyle Richards. I love how yesterday all over the news, like all over the, you know, TMZ and everything was like, Kyle Richards would date a woman. I find it very funny that this is like news. This is news. News, Kyle Richards would date a woman. Now I'm curious from all of you. Those of you that are single and for by all means women, I'm asking women, those of you women that are single and or maybe not single and would you ever, but you are heterosexual and you've only ever been interested in men or you've only married or dated men, I'm curious out of those of you guys who would ever consider dating a woman, you don't have to say it here, just think about it. Um, I personally cannot imagine dating a woman. That's just me. I find them Stunning, gorgeous, beautiful. 
I've just never had like feelings for a woman. But I think, you know, when you're going through something in your life and someone just kind of really uh, connects with you in some capacity or maybe you admire someone, like I think that could happen. I don't know. I mean, we see it left and right right now. How many, not only just women, just like in public eye, but how many housewives have we seen become, you know, go get into dating women after being straight their lives? No judgment whatsoever. I just think it's it's kind of interesting because I think, well, I don't want to like a blanket statement, you know, the difference between women and men on this, but... I think it's, uh, you know, it depends. I think it's timing. I think it's about timing where you are in your life, where the person is in their life and what that person makes you feel maybe, which gets you to like, you know, whatever. Maybe go after someone that you wouldn't normally. But good for Kyle if she's going to date a woman because we all know. I mean, I know it's not confirmed yet, but we all know, right? Like we all know, even though we don't actually know, but we all know that she is with Morgan Wade or has been at some point. I haven't seen any um, evidence, as if I'm like a forensic investigator here, I have not seen any evidence of Morgan and Kyle together since Kathy's, the weekend of Kathy's Christmas party. It was Kathy and um, then she went to Jackie Schimmel's. Remember, it was like a twofer, a twofer. And she went to both with her whole family, like all her daughters, and then also she went with Morgan. So... I don't know where Morgan is now. I know that Kyle spent um, Christmas vacation or like Christmas those weeks in Aspen with her family. And I believe she's back in LA now. So I'm curious. I just really want to get to the meat of it. Aren't you trying to get to the meat of it? It's like, I was talking to someone yesterday about this. You know, Real House of Beverly Hills right now is so good. But I do find it a little frustrating because it's like, we know there's a problem. We know what's coming, but we're not really getting anything. Like she and Mo, Mauricio, are not really sharing anything. We just know that there's awkwardness or we know that there's, um, I needed to move my M&Ms. That's my OCD. Um, we know that there's a little awkwardness and we know that there's obviously some like flying tensions and she's talked very openly about like, you know, their marriage is not doing so great right now, but we don't actually have any like meat yet. So my guess is, I mean, we're on episode, I want to say like 10 already of, of Beverly Hills. I don't know exactly, but I'm pretty sure we're, we're pretty far in. And usually these seasons are about 17 episodes, 16 episodes. They're usually not that much longer than that. So if we, we have just a few more weeks and then I think what's going to happen is it's going to allude to it towards the end. Maybe we'll get more information at the reunion and then we're going to go right into uh, buying Beverly Hills, which is Mauricio's second season of his show. And I think we're going to get a whole lot more information over there is my guess. That's my guess. Um, but I'm still very interested in like the Kyle Richards dynamic. Anytime there's a scene with Kyle, I just, I'm very, like Kyle to me on, on Beverly Hills is the only one that I'm like really interested in. Honestly, any of the other characters and their you know, stuff bothers me. But that reminds me, you know, some of the other characters have made characters. Some of the other cast of Beverly Hills have made some um, some news. So let's first talk about Dorit. Um, Dorit was, and I, I always, by the way, you know, there's certain people that you'll always follow on Instagram because they, you always know they'll post like the updates. So like a couple of accounts that I will always check 
is Bywig Hello Drama. I love that account. Reality Ops is also really good. That they're TikTok and Instagram. Um, and then I always go to Face Reality 16 because Face Reality 16 was our OG, um, you know, Kyle and Mauricio and Morgan Wade kind of like whistleblower, right? She was the one that did the deep dives on the ring, et cetera, et cetera. So I always go to her account and she posted last night something going on with um with the the uh, Peter Pan production that Dorit has been announced. She was announced in back in a few months ago. I, I have to get the exact dates, but a few months ago, Dorit was announced. I reported on it here as playing like the mermaid, some random character in um, Peter Pan with boy George and someone else named Jordan Conway. And it was, it was in, um, it was originally announced Okay, here we go. May 10th, 2023. Wow. That's a really long time ago. I thought it was last month. That's crazy. PK said, yes, it's true. Dorit's stage debut is The Mermaid. Boy George is Captain Hook and... And Jagger and Phoenix are Lost Boys? I didn't even know they were involved in it. Arenas across the UK. And it lists all these dates, right? It lists uh, Blackpool Winter Gardens in October, ACC Liverpool in December, um, Cardiff International Arena, Arena, Birmingham, Glasgow, Nottingham, London. Okay, so she was announced as being the mermaid across the board. Like there was no indication that she wasn't going to be Anywhere, but then Dorit in November. Oh, this is what I announced. So I hadn't announced the the PK thing. I just, I guess that went under the radar. But Dorit had announced in November. She posted about it and said, "I'm so excited to announce I'll be joining my friend Boy George and the rest of the incredible cast of Peter Pan in London at the Hammersmith Apollo on January 5th, 6th, and 7th." Well, that was a couple of weeks before what should have been her first show. And she nonchalantly announced that she was just doing the London shows. So under that post, which I hadn't seen, a lot of people started posting and commenting, you know, that they bought tickets to all these other shows um, around the country or whatever, thinking that they were going to see Dorit. Like, for example, someone says by the account named Jody Peak Photography says, it's such a shame you were advertised across the whole tour. We did a three-hour round trip thinking we would be able to see you in the show. So upsetting. And a lot of people say, same with us. We were try we tried to get a refund. We were not able to get a refund. We could not, you know, the, the manager or whatever said that it wasn't possible. But it's, uh, and then someone responded saying the manager of whatever location that she bought the ticket said, gave me her email address, said to email her to get a refund or the production team can give tickets to another show. She said that she was told Dorit backed out a week after announcement due to TV commitments and was then pulled from all advertising, which obviously wasn't true seeing as she's on the corner cover of the program and also on the banners in the theater. Um, Clearly, you know, she pulled out somehow and some reason and a lot of people were really upset. Uh, how would you feel? I mean, I, I think that's always like, I don't know if you, um, feel this way, but if you're, if you go to theater, if you ever go to theater, like, you know, a traveling production of just say like a mama Mia or something along those lines. And a lot of times living in Los Angeles, you'll have like a really big star playing the lead or playing a character. And 
it's definitely like an addition to the excitement of going to see the show is knowing that there's going to be someone amazing in that first, um, you know, like in that, in that role and you're excited to go see them and you maybe even buy the tickets to go see them. And there's nothing worse than when you go into those shows and you open the, or like when you walk into the Pantages, right, which is here in Los Angeles and they always have like a board of, you know, the cast. And a lot of times it will say, you know, today is the understudy. There is nothing worse than when you go, when you find out that the character that was supposed to play, even if it wasn't a celebrity, but just someone that you thought was going to be this amazing person. And, you know, it was maybe a, a celebrity of some sort, or I don't even know. Um, and they were not there. That's always a bummer. It doesn't feel good. And, you know, I don't know. I just feel like uh, this would be very upsetting if you went and bought tickets specifically for this and then this happens. So what can you say about that? Um, all right, next. Um, another person that has made some news is the lovely, and I say this very sarcastically, the lovely Dr. Anna Marie Wiley. Is she a doctor? We don't know. She's the new-ish character of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's been in two episodes, both very, very, very underwhelming and annoying. We've talked about it. She's Miss 8.5. She's the one that was very proudly an 8.5, according to her husband and everyone else. Um, not a big fan. But after she gave Sutton a really hard time about talking about her small esophagus and became obsessed talking about the esophagus, um, and kind of like belittled Sutton and condescendingly talked about how she wasn't as good as, you know, she wasn't being honest, et cetera, et cetera. Nicole, you know, one of my faves from Miami, who is a doctor as well, posted something. This was a few weeks back, a video in support of any patient. She basically said, as a doctor, as an anesthetist, as, as whatever, I will, oh, she's a nurse. I will never not um, support or um, believe my patients. Because that is really important. There's nothing worse as a doc, as like a, a patient of some sort or a nurse of some sort to go to a doctor or to go to someone that you, you know, um, want to see and you're struggling with something, whether it's health or a mental issue or maybe it is a psychosomatic issue. Who knows? But the last thing you ever want is a doctor to laugh, look at you and be like, that's not real. No, no. There's nothing worse, right? It's such a bad feeling. You want to feel validated for your feelings and you want a true like diagnosis. And even if it is just anxiety or whatever, you do want them to believe you that you have those feelings. You don't want them to like pretend it's not a real thing. So, okay. So that being said, Sutton, Nicole wrote a, 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 a created a video about that. She said she was tagged multiple times and she just wanted to be clear that she always believes her patients and she thinks it's really important. Well, lovely Anna Marie just couldn't stay out of the, the limelight and called Dr. Nicole Martin a clout chaser. Now, can you just imagine that for one second? She called Nicole a clout chaser. And Nicole's been on Real House as a Miami for years and Anna Marie has had 8.5 minutes of um, airtime. So I found that to be gross and annoying and uh, yeah. I didn't like I didn't like that at all. I found that yuck. So, um So. Um I would like to see if Anna Marie gets any better at it. 
I see her again in a preview for next week talking once a freaking again about the esophagus. I want her never to come back. I have no interest in seeing her on my TV. Like, bye. She's a one and done for sure. She has to be, right? She has to be. Okay, we are going to continue on a couple other just like random little pieces of news that came in today. I love how I'm like came in today. Once again, um, did you guys hear about this Tom Sandoval and this LA bakery? So Tom Sandoval cannot get himself out of trouble. He just can't get himself out of, you know, the bad light. He has horrible press. He has um, an attraction to bad press, I think. And basically what it says is that he, okay, so he essentially, there's a bakery. There's a bakery here in Los Angeles called Sweet Lady Jane. I have a very strong connection to this bakery. I've been going to the bakery since I was a kid. Um, very, very young. The famous one was on um, Melrose near La Cienega, very close to like, um, very close to all these places, right? That like all these people go to. In fact, it was actually on Vanderpump Rules early on in the the first couple seasons. I remember seeing it on a rewatch when I was rewatching that Sheena when she was planning her her wedding to Mike Shea, um, her first husband, she went with Lisa to try cakes at Sweet Lady Jane. My sister had a Sweet Lady Jane cake at her at her wedding. My mom and my stepdad took me to Sweet Lady Jane every single like Friday night after dinner. We would go there for dessert and coffee. They had an amazing like cream, uh, you know, fruit uh, cake. It was a very lovely bakery on Melrose. They opened another location in Beverly Hills, I think, and then Encino, whatever. So sadly, they just announced their closure after so many years. This is a really big deal for any like bakery lovers here in Los Angeles. And Tom Sandoval couldn't stay quiet because back in 2023, when Scandoval happened, they capitalized on it just like everyone else that did and wrote on their cake, Team Ariana, and another version of their cake said, um, Scandoval, Sandoval's a liar. So of course now he's shouting out, karma, your cakes were too dry anyway. Something along those lines. He's so petty, right? Tom Sandoval is so petty. Like takes pleasure in other people's pain. Find it interesting. Um, so, okay, cool. Let's go into last night's TV. How do we feel about that? So um, let's start with Girls Trip Legacy. Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Legacy closed out the most amazing six hours of TV I've seen in a long time. I know a lot of you guys may not agree with that, but I truly loved every second of this show. Between Luann and her beyond incredible physique and body and face and hair and like, how did Luann age so perfectly? If you go back to season one of Real Housewives of, of New York, Luann looks 40, hour, 40 years older. Like, it's crazy. She looks so good. Her body is banging. Her, like, skin, I mean, her. she's so athletic. And it's so interesting knowing now that she's a smoker. And she's always drank, right? And she's still drinking. She's so freaking hot. She also cannot get enough of men. Like, I have never... I have never seen more ma like man obsessed people than these women, but really Luann. Like Luann is like the top, right? She is like the pyramid of, of the horny woman club. 
She just wants to get laid. It's I've never seen anything like it. Um, so in this episode, it was such a weird episode. But in the and like I, I I'm telling you, I'm not drinking. So I I like I'm watching these completely clear and sober. I'm not smoking pot, like none of that. But for some reason, like I wake up the next day and I'm like, did that really happen? <laughs> So they had the craziest like water therapy situation go on. And in this water therapy, it was something along the lines of like Wanzu, Aju Wanzu, something like that. And basically what it was, was they, 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 um, they went into the water. These women went into the water with two people individually. There was a man and a, a woman that each carried one of them. And basically they lay on their back and they float around in a way that is like so like slow and mermaid-like. And the cinematography was like beautiful. I don't know if you guys noticed it, the drone shots above. I mean, they were just like slipping and sliding and legs apart and arms. And what was crazy about it was Luann. Okay. So Luann and Dorinda go in first and they both come out like hysterical, especially Dorinda. She's crying her face off. She's like, I was a mother. My, I was a baby in my mother's arms and my, I was the womb and oh, I'm sorry, mom. She was hysterical. So it was a very like spiritual experience for her. Luann also was like, it was so beautiful. I just felt so loved. I felt so wonderful. And then Sonia, Sonia had just like such a chip on her shoulder. Do you guys know people like this where you don't know what you're going to get with them? Where one morning you wake up and you like, they're so kind and sweet and loving. And then the next morning you wake up and like, they are fucking so, sorry to curse, um, like nasty. They're nasty. Well, Sonia woke up on the nasty side of the bed on this morning because she was bitter. She was annoyed. She was pissed off at um, a comment, like a random comment Kristen made towards her, which really wasn't a big thing. She was like, wow, it's really fun being attacked. By the way, did any of you guys notice the word attacked yesterday on that episode right after the Beverly Hills Garcelle situation? She was very stressed out. She was very like anxious and like, you know, she was peeing in the bushes and then she was like annoyed about the fact that she had to do this Wanzu thing. She gets in the water. She cannot relax. She's like, oh, this hurt and that hurt. And she's coughing and her water is getting in her nose. And she really was so like, she really ruined the vibe in, in every possible way. And meanwhile, you know, Kristen went in and had an amazing experience. Ramona couldn't go in because apparently she has a third degree burn on her hand. And like, did I miss that episode? Because I did notice that she was wearing this like cloth, almost like a scarf around her wrist in every episode. I was like, is that a religious thing? What's going on? But apparently she had a third degree burn. So Ramona couldn't, but she really had wished that she wanted to go in. And then Kelly, Kelly surprised me in this episode because Kelly Ben Simone has had like four episodes of, of Cuckoo Clock, right? But in this episode, she's really, um, she's very like, uh, what's the word? Very um, like almost light and funny and happy and, you know, um, I don't know. She like was, was enjoyable this episode. She lightened up, but she was talking about how she was getting turned on in that water, that she was almost getting an orgasm. And I thought, this is awkward. This, this just gets awkward now because that guy is like, what going to watch back the show? Maybe so interesting. Really found that interesting. Sonia was so bitter afterwards when they were walking over to their lunch, everyone was in such a great mood and Sonia was ready to start shit. Number one, Sonia Bless her heart. I find her, I find her gorgeous. Like, and she can really pull it together. Like in those interviews, she's so gorgeous. She is such a hot mess sometimes. 
Like she's so all over the place and she's so like, she just feels like she has no control over herself in any way, right? With her boobs falling out. And even Ramona said like her ass is falling out. Her vajayjay is falling out. Her boob. She's just really like, it's really messy. It feels very sloppy for someone that, you know, and then like, let's talk about the fact that she doesn't have a home and she's sleeping on people's random couches that she said that she's just like basically couch surfing. I found that so odd. I was like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, this is actually what, what's real. Like Sonia has no money or does she have money? Like, I'm very, very confused by that. Does she have money or not? And if she does have money, why in the world is she spending her time on people's couches, right? Anyway, um, and then the butt coming out at the dinner, but they, I mean, at the lunch. So they ended up having a nice lunch um, for the most part. They're all wasted. I don't know why. Maybe it was something about that Wanzu. They all got wasted. They all come back. They like try to pull it together for this astrology situation. And then they walk out after this astrology. Oh, Ramona. Okay, let's talk for a second about Ramona. Ramona is the most like wild person I've ever seen. So she is having a situation in the scene where she is talking to Martin. Martin is like the house manager. We have all seen Ramona treat staff and like service badly on the show before. And we've heard stories about Ramona doing it too. Now I heard about this, this scene. I saw someone talk about it online and I was like, oh, it's going to be really bad. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest. I don't think that it was as bad as everyone kind of made it out to be. They were all drunk. It was very clear. Ramona went to Martin freaking out because she couldn't find her bikinis and some underwear. Apparently he had taken the laundry. She was like panicking about it. So she was losing her mind that he wasn't like making her a priority. So there was like a moment there where she was getting pretty intense on him and like pretty, she was fighting with him pretty, pretty intensely. Then he walked out. She, he, she finally got him to take her down to the laundry, which was crazy, like fourth while breaking where they were going through stuff. And she lightened up with him. She was like, sorry, I was tough with you. Like, where's my laundry? And I can kind of get that. Like when you're frustrated, I don't think she was ever that mean to him because I think when you, they probably had such a strong relationship, they were spending so much time together. And like, she felt that she could just be like super open and friendly with him and like maybe a little annoyed at times. I don't know. I think some people take Ramona way too seriously in many ways, but I didn't find it so rude because the second you could see when she was walking back through the laundry room through production, like they, she went through with a production kind of like um, video village area. That's like where the production watches all the, the you know, um, footage. She was chatting with everyone. Like she's so, she was so out of her mind drunk. It was so obvious. It was so weird. But then they go up, they do this random astrology, really random. And then they get ready for disco night. How these women can pull it together is shocking to me because they had been day drinking all day. And I don't know about you guys, but if you're day drinking all day, how do you keep it going all night without falling apart? And they were drunk. So they do this beautiful disco night. They're all dressed to the nines. Dorinda looks like she is at Woodstock. Like, I, I don't even know what's going on with Dorinda. She's all out there. But they all look great. They're all ready to have fun. And sure enough, they have the final party of the season, which is, when I tell you, quite a party. It was a mix of straight guys, old older guys, younger guys, women of all ages. That was kind of interesting because you never see, like, the housewives invite tons of young women to their parties. Um, and 
everyone looked like they were having fun. There was dancing. I think a lot of the gay guys were bringing it out on them, you know, like to dance like crazy. Um, everyone was dancing. Everyone was partying. And then eventually everyone was in the pool. I mean, it looked like such a fun last night for them all. I think everyone had a great time. But you know who had the most fun of that night was Miss Luann because Luann Deliceps cannot and will not end a trip to St. Bart's without getting some action. And I knew it. I called it from the morning. I was like, that menu, that chef is going to want to party tonight. And let me tell you, I thought he was a very, very good looking guy until, and tell me if you agree. There's security footage. Like at the end of the show, it shows them all driving to the airport and talking about Luann looks like, you know, she really had a rough night and she's putting on makeup and everyone's like, who did you hook up with? And she was like, I don't kiss and tell. Well, then the production goes rewind. And sure enough, no matter who, how many guys Luann was flirting with that night, I saw one guy that kept going over to her and really liked her, Manu. And Manu walked down to her room in the, you know, she had like a separate little like veranda or whatever it's called, walked down to her room with a tray, with a, um, with a tray of, I don't know, drinks, food, who knows what he brought. And then a few minutes later, you see him walking out butt naked to a table there to get something and then go back in. And let me tell you, Mr. Manu was real hot with his clothes on. But I wasn't really feeling that security footage. It wasn't the hottest thing I've ever seen. Just saying. Just saying. Anyway, I thought it was a really fun show and I, I wish there was more of it. And it, I know that Ramona had a really, really rough like last few months with Bravo. And I, for some, I know that you guys don't maybe all agree, but I really hope that they bring back the entire cast for another episode, another season of this. Like this is what we need. We need light and fun. Even their fights never get dark. Like compared to the SLC, like Salt Lake City shit that we're watching with all that drama with Monica, which I'll get more into on Patreon because I talked about it so much yesterday. Like that is dark shit. That is like bad, bad, bad. This is light. It's fun. It's getting in fights over who's wearing what and, you know, who's making them late five minutes and who is, you know, farting and pooping with the door open. Like, I loved it. I loved it. It made me happy. So, Real House is a girl's trip, ultimate, ultimate girl's trip legacy. You won for me. Golden Bachelor, you guys, you know, I had a great season with Gary and Teresa. I, Really, honestly, did not care to watch this wedding. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be frank with you. I did not care. However, you know, this morning when the kids were getting ready for school, I was like, if I put on any reality show, The Golden Bachelor is the one that feels the safest, right? I can't, there's not a lot of other shows that are on TV right now that feel so kid-friendly, if you know what I mean. So that show is on. And so while I'm making lunches and doing everything in the background, I, I'm enjoying kind of seeing it in the background. I'm so glad that I didn't like, dedicate two straight hours of sitting and watching because it needed to, it was a background show. You know what I mean? Okay. Got a lot of comments online about people not liking Kathy. Kathy is zip it, bend it, snap it. Remember, zip it. Kathy is, is one of the women that had a fight with Teresa. I loved Kathy. In fact, give me more Kathy. I don't want someone to be like perfect on camera. I loved Kathy's awkwardness. So the women, like there was random, you know, Leslie was interviewed. Kathy, of course, Charity from The Bachelorette, who, eh. um, 
and then random bachelor people. There was an engagement from people that I don't even know from bachelor nation. Um, there was, you know, I saw, we saw Trista and Ryan, Trista and Ryan were, you know, the first bachelorette wedding. Ryan was so awkward. He didn't say a word, just stood there with his microphone, but he didn't say a word. And then when they were walking off in the background, like he tripped on Trista's dress, found that on awkward. Um, there was like weird, you know, produced scenes of Christmas with the family, even though we know that they didn't spend Christmas together. Um, buying the ring, uh, buying the dress, the bachelorette party, that kind of stuff. I just, I can't, I can't. I like fast forwarded through all of it. But um, but the wedding itself was very sweet. The daughters, well, Susan Knowles, that was our Chris Jenner lookalike. She officiated. A lot of people did not like her officiating and I thought she did a great job. I thought she was so cute. And um, her best line was, you know, when I first met you, Gary, I told you I was going to marry you when I came out of the limo. And the truth is, here we are because she was marrying them. I thought it was very cute. And then the daughters all spoke, which was very sweet. I did not get emotional. And then they kissed. And I think that's the end because I didn't watch anymore. So maybe they went into the reception, but I was done. Um, I'm sure it was a great wedding. And you know what? Good for Gary and good for Teresa. At this point, all I want for them is happiness. If she's happy, he's happy. Like, buy and go enjoy themselves. Do we think she got a prenup, Billy asks? I don't know. And I don't know if we'll ever know. I actually would love to know, but I don't know. Um, so, okay. So then, um, let's see. What else? Um, where else can we talk? Uh, I don't think anything else really happened. That's the thing. I mean, I think it's a beautiful love story, but I, I want more. I, I see. I have a thing with like the wedding specials. That's why I'm worried about Christine and David's wedding special for Sister Wives. I'll watch it, but I'm like, is it going to be amazing? It's, it's like I'm bored with that. It feels a little produced. You know what I mean? So let's. It, I gave three minutes to Golden Bachelor. That's how little it, it mattered. Um. So let's go on until you know something that m the majority. I asked on my Instagram stories last night. If you're not following, at this is Donna Bowling. I asked on my Instagram stories. Um, and I'll give you guys the results. I said, what are you watching tonight? I gave the option of Southern Charm, Real Housewives, Golden Bachelor Wedding, or all. And 56% watched Southern Charm. That was 222 of you voted that. And the least watched Golden Bachelor. But 38 of you guys watched all. So a lot of you guys are just like me, right? We're obsessed with all the things. Um, Southern Charm was my favorite hour of the night. Like, of course, I love Girls Trip, but I really, really love Southern Charm. And this last season, this last episode was really good, although I'm bummed it's over. So, of course, we're still in the Olivia and Taylor um, drama. Uh, we had just come back from Jamaica last, last episode, and there was a big fight there. So we're kind of like still talking about that, but the majority of the episode is planning Whitney's party. Whitney is having some sort of 60s theme party. The best scene was when Craig and Paige were driving over to his party, and they didn't know how old he was. They were, I mean, they didn't know what year he was born. And instead of just like saying, okay, well, minus 54 years, Craig is like, hey, Siri, what time, what, oh, no, don't listen. Don't listen, you. Everyone's phone just woke up. Hey, blank, what time, what year were you born if you are 54 years old? And sure enough, he was 69, um, born in 69. So Whitney has this big party. Unfortunately, again, it rains. I feel like every time there's a big party at Whitney's house, it rains. And um, Patricia is still laid up in bed. She's upstairs. And um, and so I will talk for a second about Madison. So earlier in the episode, we see the very cute Madison and her husband. She's 
blow drying his hair. Then she gets really sick randomly, like throwing up because of her vitamins. But the whole thing is about Madison having a baby. I am convinced, tell me if I'm crazy, but I am convinced that Madison, they're either going to try to give her a spinoff having a baby. Tell me if you agree, because it feels very much like Madison, that like production is kind of like angling to get more on Madison because there are random little scenes here that don't really fit in with anything else. Um, there wasn't like much that happened prior to uh, the party except for Olivia having a conversation with um, Leva going talking about, you know, the trip in Jamaica and and the only reason Lev is still on the show is because of Southern Hospitality. She literally does nothing on the show. Like, but she's just like a sounding board just so they show her face and then they can pull into Southern Hospitality. But, um, you know, Olivia's talking about how she's really upset with with Austin and Taylor, et cetera. Now, meanwhile, Taylor, Austin's under the complete under uh, opposite uh, impression. He thinks that Olivia will be apologizing to him because she's giving him mixed messages. I have to say, if Austin is being correct or honest, that Olivia sometimes is calling him and wanting to chat and be his bestie, and then sometimes being like a little bit, um, you know, not a little bit, but like very cold and calling him out. I have to say that I think Austin has a right to say like, what's up? I don't think it's fair for anyone to get those kinds of mixed messages. I don't think Austin's been great to Olivia, but I do agree that there is a little bit of confusion probably there for Austin. And like, if that's the case, you know, you're, you should be allowed to get answers or like a clear idea of what this, what is actually happening in this relationship. So, um, JT, we also get a scene with JT. Now, do you guys like JT or not? I'm so on the fence about him. He does seem like a good guy. He also seems annoying. I can't tell with him. But JT uh, were, you know, JT and Rob have this conversation where JT's like, I have feelings for Taylor. Now, we've all kind of seen this coming. Did I miss an episode? Now, seriously, you guys tell me because I'll never forget seeing JT in the trailer for the next season of Southern Charm. This was at, before this season started. He would be, he was sitting at a bar with Taylor. Did this happen or not? He was sitting at a bar with Taylor. I thought it was a date. It felt very much like a date. And he said, um, you know, uh, like they stood up or whatever. And then she, he fell, he fell down like when they were hugging. Right. And so I literally did not like see that scene. And I kept waiting for Taylor and JT to go on this date. Okay. So some of you guys are saying that scene never aired. You remember that, right? Like she was stood, stood up and gave him a hug and they both fell. That's why when I saw that preview, I thought JT was just a random date of Taylor's. I was surprised he was in the show. So it looks to me like Taylor and JT did hang out one-on-one -on -one a lot more than maybe we were told, but JT decides that he's going to tell Taylor he loves her. He had horrible timing for this discovery in this conversation, by the way. So later at the party, pouring rain, Paige and Craig are the first ones to come in there. They go into this amazing little speakeasy bar that they've got. They're hanging out in there. Um, Paige and Craig just crack me up. The whole conversation about I can't get Wi-Fi in Charleston, but we landed on the moon in 69 and, and live streamed it to the world. Explain that to me. I just think she's so funny. Um, and then other people start coming to the party, including Taylor. Now, Taylor is 
very confused, obviously. We can see this, right? Taylor is struggling to find some sort of love or belonging or connection to someone, right? Whether it's Shep, whether it's Austin, even JT. Well, we know JT, no, but she obviously she likes the bad boys and she is connected still to wanting. She's hoping she had a conversation with a girlfriend before the party. I hope I have a like, I guess I'm holding out hope that something can still happen with Shep and I. We find out later at the party that Shep says for in a confessional that he is having a hard time being her friend because I guess she had a couple, he had a couple girls over at his house prior to this party, whenever. And Taylor just stopped by unannounced. And she was probably trying to get like some attention, some affection, some love. So it was clearly there was a little bit of a disconnect there. So during this party, everyone's chatting. Madison goes upstairs to hang out with Patricia. Give me scenes of Madison and Patricia all day long. I love their relationship. You know, it makes Patricia feel so good to have Madison like chat with her just like a girl, like a young girl. And Madison loves having Patricia there to give her advice and like, you know, show her how to be a Southern lady. I love it. Uh, We're back down at the party. Taylor gets pulled aside by JT. JT, listen, to me, he's not my type. But I've seen him look pretty decent looking, like in his confessionals, in his um, interviews, he looks pretty good, like pretty quaffed. Could he have looked worse on the night that he wanted to profess his love to Taylor? His hair was so dirty and dingy. And like, I understand he was trying to go for the 60s look. No, 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 sir. If you're going to go tell... um, you know, uh, if you're going to go tell a girl that you are in love with her, you may want to look like the best. And also maybe don't do it at a party with 17 of her ex-boyfriends at. So anyway, she goes, she goes and talks to him and he has the most uncomfortable conversation with her we've ever seen, which he was like, I love you and I would marry you tomorrow. And she's like, huh? She totally felt like, uh, probably confused. She was like, Aw, um, I just don't see how we can cross the fresh friendship threshold. Um, she goes, you know, just so much is happening right now. And, you know, I'm still just trying to like focus on me. I'm like, no, girl, if any of these guys back there were trying to hook up with you, you would have. If Austin or Shep said, I love you, she would have been like, okay, let's date. She's just not into you. And JT full on said, um, you know, he said his feelings. She was like, thanks. Like, I appreciate you and gave him a hug and how uncomfortable that during that scene, Shep walks over, not knowing what JT is having a conversation with Taylor about. You could see immediately Taylor like kind of getting a little bit more like pep in her step. She obviously still has feelings for Shep and Shep takes her away. And for the first time, maybe in 10 years of watching the show, I don't know how many years it's really been on. I thought Shep made a very smart move. Did anyone else feel that? He said Actually, Shep came off very mature in this episode. Shep said to to Taylor, I care about you so much and I want to be your friend, but we cannot be in a relationship. Like, I will support you dating whoever you want, but I cannot be in a relationship with you. I thought that it was like really, really, um, you know, like mature. Because he could have gotten just continued to get laid by Taylor, which most men would say okay to. But I think he was like recognizing I am hurting her or like this is hurting us and it's it's bad patterns and like we got to stop this. That is hard for a person to do, to cut that person off that's always like a go-to person, whether it's for love, for attention, for sex, for whatever. So I was very proud of Shep in this conversation. Also, simultaneously, Austin and Olivia have a conversation Okay, I'm just going to be 100% honest. This is the truth. I don't really love Olivia. 
I don't think Olivia, like, I don't, I'm not saying that I'm team Taylor, but I struggle with Olivia. I'm, that's the truth. That's why a lot of things that she does, I cannot get behind. I find Olivia being, I find Olivia to be someone that is just, I don't know. I find her to be really cold and really, um, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not, I want to be nice because, you know, obviously in this moment she's going through grief, but she's been this way from the beginning. I never connected with Olivia, not from the first time I saw her. So I don't think it's like a personal thing or about this, like a, a situational thing. But, you know, Austin is finally like sharing his feelings and how he feels that he's confused by her. And her immediate reaction is to get down on him about being a bad person. And sometimes I don't like when you like pile on someone when they're actually just exposing their feelings and their their experiences. And I've talked about this a lot this week. It doesn't matter if you agree with how they feel or how they are. You should validate their feelings. So a lot of you guys hate Austin. I'm not a huge Austin fan either, but he was genuinely confused. Do you like me as a friend or are we not able to be friends? Because I care about you and you're confusing me. You're nice to me one day and you're, a, 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 you know, a jerk to me other days. And I'm confused by this. And her reaction was so cold. And she could have said, listen, I'm also confused because I'm, I'm torn because I want to hate you, but I care about you. And so I'm so sorry that we're going through this. Like, that's how I wish she would have reacted. But she just instead, like, piled on him. So we have that conversation between Shep and Taylor. We have that conversation between Olivia and Austin. Then we're back at the party. Obviously, so much is being drank. Everyone's getting drunk. And no one's getting more drunk than JT. JT, JT is drinking like a fish from the moment that he told Taylor he loves her. And she said no. So you can tell that JT's had a few. They're in the bar. And JT awkwardly, just like my 10-year-old son does or whatever, my 8-year-old son, he's on his knees on the um, bar stool. Now, I understand he's a shorter guy, but it was incredibly awkward, right? It was incredibly awkward to watch. And he, you know, he was getting drunk. You could just feel that he was getting drunker and drunker. And he's seeing Taylor talk to Austin. He's he's already started to hate Austin from the last couple of episodes. And, um... And whatever. So he like clearly there's drama there and it's building and it's building. And then all of a sudden Austin comes over to JT and, you know, for the first time Austin has to look up to JT because he's up on that bar stool and they start kind of going at it. JT is not leaving. Austin can't take him seriously at first because he's like, dude, what the F is wrong with you? Like, why do you have it so in for me? And he's kind of laughing at him, but JT's so serious. And then Austin says, in an interview. Oh, and then I realized, wow, he's jealous of me. And sadly, I don't think he's wrong. JT should not be jealous of Austin, but I do believe JT is jealous of Austin. He may not be jealous of Austin's life or his, you know, financial or her career or whatever, but he is jealous of Austin's ability to be the bad guy and still get the girl. And Austin the second he figured that out, he was like, you're a jerk, you're a dick. And JT kind of came up into his face. And I don't think Austin did anything wrong in the sense of pushing him back. Because have you ever had someone like physically come right up to you and not leave you alone in a like really intense, aggressive way? You're going to be like, get away from me. So he pushed JT. 
it was weird. They kept cutting away from it. I don't know if the cameras just couldn't get a good angle, but we kind of missed the um, fight. I don't remember like seeing an actual fight, but clearly stuff happened. There were red, our shirts were ripped. Taylor got involved. I mean, JT threw Taylor under the bus saying you effed her. Like it was really, really awkward and bad. But Shep, Mr. Mature Shep decided this is too negative for me. And he walks away. He realizes that Austin hasn't been the best of friends to him. But he doesn't want to be around this anymore. And so the, the episode ends with JT saying, you know, the bad guy always gets the girl. Austin saying, the bad guy will always get the girl and the good guy will never get the girl. So sorry, JT. Everyone's kind of like sad and depressed and like, what now? Shep walks off. And that's the end of the show. So the reunion, you know, next week will be very, very telling and interesting. We did see a couple things. For example, Shep saying that he's he will always love, love Taylor. Like, they have such a strange relationship, but I, I believe Taylor's in a new relationship. Um, yeah, I think Shep, like you said, Rebecca, I think Shep probably really liked that JT almost did his dirty work. Like he was holding in a lot of frustration and anger towards Austin, but Shep is a people pleaser, I think. Not a people pleaser, but Shep is a peacemaker. Um, we've seen that through the shows. Like Shep is for the most part someone that's like, I don't want to come, I don't want to fight. Like, let's just like drink and move on as long as we can drink. Right. And, um, and I think the fact that JT like went off on Austin and kind of like beat Austin for a bit down and like, obviously it was like, like an ego beating as well. Um, I think that Shep probably enjoyed it. I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm pretty sure that that's what happened. So anyway, all in all, a fantastic night of finales. It was the finale of Golden Bachelor. UGT, Legacy, and then, of course, Southern Charm. I loved it all. A lot of you guys told me that you were watching the Casey Anthony thing last night, and that was so sad. I can't do so much sad right now um, in my life. I feel like I need to stick to happy, so I will not be watching anything sad. Will not. Um, so if you guys have any shows that will put smiles on my face, you send that my way. And, um, yeah, that was that. You guys, happy Friday. Thank you so much to uh, for joining this week on Daily Dose of Donna. Once again, for those of you that have left positive comments on the podcast app to negate the negatives, <laughs> I appreciate you as always. Thank you so much for supporting. Join the Patreon if you want an extra episode today where I'll divulge a little bit more about what's happening in my life right now, and um, and we'll go from there. Thank you, guys. Love you. Happy Friday. Have a great weekend. Bye.